are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, January 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. As always, thank you for tuning into today's episode. Last night, the 2021 NHL regular season finally kicked off with a couple of good matchups on the schedule around the league. And of course, one of those matchups was the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning down at Amelie Arena in Tampa. Uh, It was originally supposed to be the Lightning's banner ceremony, but... They wanted to hold off and uh, throw the banner up once fans were able to return to the arena. So they really just revealed it and showed the team what it looked like and everything. Um, But (laughs) it wasn't a pretty game for the Blackhawks, to put it nicely. Uh, They fell to the Bolts by a score of 5-1, and it was a pretty dominant win for Tampa. They really controlled the puck the entire game, and it just seemed like the Blackhawks were a step behind the entire night, really, and they could never get anything settled in the offensive zone. Um, But I actually thought they came out of the gate pretty strong. They recorded six of the first seven shots on goal before kind of all hell broke loose. But before I get into a recap of the game, I wanted to be sure to mention the Blackhawks lineup for the contest. And there weren't any real surprises here, as expected. Um... DeBrinket, Strom, and Kane, they skated as the first line. And then Kubelik, Suter, Piri, that was the second. Yanmark, Walmark, Shaw was the third line. And then Highmorecamp, Carpenter was the fourth. So exactly what I had talked about on yesterday's episode. And then the same thing with the defense. Keith was with Murphy up top, who, by the way, with Brent Seabrook on injured reserve to start the year, we'll get into all of that in just a moment. Um... But with Seabrook out of the lineup and Captain Jonathan Taze out as well, the Blackhawks had a captaincy spot open, and Connor Murphy was the guy given the third A for Thursday's game versus Tampa Bay, and I expect him to continue to serve as an alternate until either Seabs or Taze returns. So quick congrats to Connor Murphy, very well deserving of this promotion, so to say. Anyways, he was on the top pairing with Keith, Then the second pairing was Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell. And then the third pairing was Big Z, Nikita Zadorov, and 20-year-old Adam Boquist. The one little surprise, or, well, not not really surprise, um, more so, the the one question mark heading into the game was, who's going to start a net for the Blackhawks? And 
a couple hours before puck drop, head coach Jeremy Colleton decided to roll with Malcolm Subban for the season opener. And uh, it wasn't too surprising. Subban, he has the experience over Delia, even though his numbers throughout his NHL career have not been very good. He has a save percentage below 900 and also a goals against average that's very close to three. So not all that impressive throughout his uh, NHL career so far. But Carlton said that he thought Subban had been strong in training camp. And also, when you go back to the Edmonton playoff bubble in July, Subban beat out uh, he beat out Delia for that backup goaltender spot behind Corey Crawford. And also, remember, there was a lot of controversy early on in that camp because Crow was deemed unfit to participate. And at the time, we had no idea what that meant. No idea if he was dealing with another concussion or concussion-like symptoms, you know, whether it was a random injury or, or if it was COVID-related or not, which that's what it wound up being. But during that time, the Blackhawks were thinking that they may have to start the postseason with either Subban or Delia in that, and Subban won that battle, so he may have had the upper hand a little bit heading into camp, and maybe it was uh, a little bit of his job to lose out of the gate. So while Blackhawks Twitter went absolutely bananas when they heard that Subban was starting, I don't disagree with this decision by Colleton. I think it was a fine call with uh, Subban having more experience than Colin Delia. As I just mentioned a moment ago, Brent Seabrook, we finally got an update on him courtesy of the former host of this podcast, Jay Zawoski. Jay was actually the first to report the Seabrook news, which was later confirmed on the intermission report live by TSN's Bob McKenzie, which was a pretty cool moment to watch. Um, but it's not its not good news here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess that depends on your view of Seabrook. I know he's not exactly a fan favorite at this point of his career, uh, but the latest updates we have on Seabrook is that he was scheduled to participate in training camp with the Blackhawks a couple weeks ago, but in his first session back on the ice, he suffered some sort of back injury. Um, but McKenzie said that he tweaked it, uh, and <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Double hip surgery, shoulder surgery, and now he has a bad back. Oh, man. Tough break here for Brent Seabrook. Not sure how severe this injury is. Neither Jay nor McKenzie went into detail about what exactly he's been dealing with. They just said it was a back issue. Um, but the Blackhawks now have another player who is out of their lineup indefinitely. There's no timetable at the moment for Seabrook to return. But as I talked about on yesterday's episode, GM Stan Bowman said that the hope is for Seabrook to be able to hit the ice soon. But until then... Expect him to remain on injured reserve to free up some cap space for the Hawks here early on in the regular season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a moment, I'm going to give a bit of a recap and provide my thoughts on the Blackhawks contest last night versus Tampa Bay. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action by going to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The NFL playoffs are heading into the divisional round. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. 
and there's only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. You can also visit the Locked On Podcast Network's exclusive business partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account, and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over. 2021 is here, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, then be sure to listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you may get your podcasts. All right, I just wrapped up discussing the Blackhawks' opening night lineup and the latest updates on defenseman Brent Seabrook. Now, let's get into the actual game itself last night, which I briefly talked about earlier. It it was actually a good start for the Blackhawks. They had a couple good looks early. Uh, Lucas Walmark had probably the best one off the top of my head. Uh, The Hawks, they were just hanging in there early with uh, the defending Stanley Cup champs. But once things got settled down and the rust was sort of shed off, Tampa Bay started turning the momentum in their favor. And and then in the middle of the period, right around the midway point, Calvin DeHaan took a bad interference penalty in transition. And that was the first time where I really felt things were starting to shift and we we were starting to get in trouble against a much better team. And sure enough, they go on the power play. Palat ha- hops on a rebound in front. Not a great one from Subban, uh, but at the same time, Keith and Murphy really didn't give him much help in front. Both players were kind of just hacking away at sticks rather than taking away the body. And that's been an issue for the last couple of years. The Blackhawks, and especially their defensemen, they just got to play tougher in those dirty areas. And against a team like Tampa, you got to make them earn their goals more than that. That was way too easy of a power play goal there for Palat in front. And then after that goal, it was like the floodgates were left wide open and they couldn't be closed for the rest of the period. The Matthew Joseph goal, ugh, I don't even know what to say about that one. Just not a calm and collected play by Subban in that he winds up kicking <laughs> kicking the puck into the back of his own cage. Uh, and it was off a rebound once again, so not not a good second half of the opening frame for him. And to make matters worse, Anthony Sorelli had an absolutely ridiculous redirect to give the Lightning a 3-1 to lead. There was nothing Subban could do on that one. But three goals in a seven-minute span, I complete 360-degree change for the Blackhawks. And in this instance, it was another breakdown in the defensive zone. Keith was very aggressive, probably too aggressive, I'd say. He went all the way out to the half wall to cover Eric Chernak, a defenseman. I don't know why he would be doing that ever. Uh, and, and when he went out to cover Zernak, he left Sorelli wide open down low, and both 
Murphy and Walmart failed to pick pick him up. And I don't know what's supposed to be happening in Jeremy Colleton's system or if I don't know if guys are just making lapses in judgment on the ice. I don't know. I'm not down there and I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know who who's to blame for this, but it, it clearly wasn't working last night. The defensemen were out of position way too many times, especially against one of the best, if not the best, offensive unit in the NHL. Uh, and, and it happened on numerous occasions, not only on uh, the goals that were scored, but there were a lot of scoring chances that the Blackhawks allowed where they just looked discombobulated. Um, and another goal we saw that occur on was Braden Point's goal that made it 5 to nothing. Kubelik and Peary, they both... They were up high, and they looked. They just got kind of confused in the defensive zone. I don't know if it was a miscommunication. They thought, you know, the the other guy was going to take them. I, I don't know what happened exactly. But both guys were in position to make the play, and they wound up just letting Steven Stamkos walk right to the outside dots, uh, and then he found point wide open in the slot, buried a one-timer. Uh, Boquist was late, rotating over as well. Uh, and I listen... I know this is a great offensive team here that the Blackhawks were facing, but it just felt like there were so many breakdowns. And for a guy, you know, like Duncan Keith to be having a lot of those, a guy who's obviously known how to play hockey at an elite level for so long, well over a decade, it just makes me question the system a little bit. But again, I know it's early. We're one game into the season for Pete's sake, so I'm going to try and keep a clean, uh, a clear mind here. I recommend you all do the same. And, and don't let social media make you feel certain ways about this team yet because the reality is we've played one game and it came against the defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning who have like 90% of their Cup team back for this season somehow. So they're absolutely loaded. And again, it makes things hard to judge in terms of both the Blackhawks play and if Colleton's scheme is working. Um, it's just hard to judge right now. So many guys out of the lineup. We played a good team. It's opening night. The Blackhawks only had a week-long training camp. There's so many factors that could go into why this team performed the way they did last night. Um, but clearly, I mean, you can tell on paper it's going to be hard for this team to compete this year so. I don't want to be too critical or too high on anyone this early. I think we can all feel that uh, this Blackhawks team has a long way to go before they're back to being contenders. This was kind of an ugly showing here on national television. 3 nothing in the first period. Could have been 4 nothing. The Lightning had a goal waved off because of a penalty. Uh, and I didn't even mention how the Blackhawks scored their, their lone goal of the night. Dylan Strom technically was credited with the goal, but it only occurred because of a crazy bounce off of Strom's stick, and then the puck caromed off of Zernak's stick and and found its way into the back of the net somehow with, you know, of course, with less than four minutes to go in the contest. So, I mean, basically worthless at that point. Um, but just hilarious how uh, that's what found the back of the net for the Blackhawks. And honestly, that was the only way they were going to score in this game. Vasilevsky looked tremendous, and the Hawks, they barely had any offensive zone time. They couldn't cycle the puck at all or get anything going. It was just, seriously, me and I was watching the game with my buddies, and we were talking. This was one of the most one-sided, lopsided affairs that we've watched the Blackhawks surrender. I mean, 
Uh, it was very, very ugly. Sadly for Va for Vasilevsky, a shutout was ruined by, you know, a bit of a cheapie there. But that's hockey sometimes. At, at the end of the day, though, you know, he's going to walk out much happier with that sure-handed victory in the first game of the season than the Blackhawks will. You know, they got plenty to figure out ahead of Friday's matchup against, yep, you guessed it, once again, on Friday we take on the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Not great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to share a couple more of my thoughts on the Blackhawks contest versus the Lightning last night. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that, you know, you can use for other important things like your mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com, their prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also extremely unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you could go to rockauto.com and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Okay, I just finished up recapping the Blackhawks 5-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, before I wrap up the show today, I wanted to talk a little bit about who I thought fared well, who I thought struggled, and what we can expect to see on Friday in the second game of this series. And first, starting with that top line of DeBrinckit, Strom, and Kane, they really failed to do much of anything on Wednesday. Kane had a couple of the Blackhawks' better scoring opportunities, but overall they were not very solid in terms of Corsi, and they just they just couldn't create anything offensively at even strength. It didn't look like any of them were fast enough to keep up with with the Lightning speed, and that's kind of been a problem in the past as well. Dylan Strome hasn't been exactly known as a, a very fleet of foot skater. Same with Alex DeBrinket. So that trio, they need to be much better for the Blackhawks in the future if they want to have success, especially against a team as solid as the Lightning. 
Then, the second line consisted of Kubalik, Suter, and Piri, and this combo really struggled last night. All three players finished with a minus two plus minus rating, minus six combined, and nothing was going right for them. And as a result, Dominic Kubalik questionably finished with just 11 minutes and 37 seconds of time on ice, which is the second lowest of any Blackhawks player, only behind Matthew Highmore. And, you know, I get their line isn't playing well, but it's opening night against Tampa, and we're in the midst of a rebuild. The youth movement is supposed to take center stage, and Dominic Kubelik goes and plays 11 minutes. He has no business playing that limited of a role. And also, once again, Colleton just refuses to use Kubelik on the top power play unit, which makes absolutely no sense. Dude, without a doubt, has the best shot on the team. One of the best in the league, probably, and what do the Blackhawks do? They force him to play in the slot on the second power play unit. That's just so not right. And of course, none of the Blackhawks beat writers asked about this following the end of the game. So we didn't get to hear what Colleton had to say about this situation. Um, but still, a, a lot of people pissed off at Jeremy Colleton because of that decision. And I completely understand. I mean, the kid just finished... Third in Calder Trophy voting for Rookie of the Year. He had 30 goals last season to lead all rookies. What are we doing giving him such a short leash? I don't know, but he needs to have a bigger role and more ice time on Friday for the Blackhawks. Um, and I'm interested to see if Colleton keeps this trio together because while they weren't very good, especially defensively, they had a couple of the Blackhawks' better looks on offense. Suter had a breakaway chance. That was, you know, stopped by Vasilevsky. I think it was just one too many stick handles. And Peary also had a couple redirect bids that were stopped by Vasilevsky. He was kind of in the right place in front of the net a couple times. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Carlton make a couple changes to that second line as well. As for the third line, that was Matthias Janmark, Lucas Walmark, and Andrew Shaw. They were, meh, I mean... I think this line lacks a lot of speed as well, but they worked well together and they, they created a couple of chances. Shaw had a couple of really good looks in tight. He was one of the better uh, Blackhawks when you look at the analytics, as was Walmark, who, by the way, Lucas Walmark saw time on the Blackhawks' second power play unit, which just makes me scratch my head. I, I don't know. He's a bottom six grinder. Like, oh, no. That hurt my soul. One, one. <laughs> Uh, I saw Lucas Walmark out there on the power play. I was hurting, but he actually had a couple of good looks. Uh, just wasn't able to get any past Vasilevsky, as was the story of the night. Um, but the Blackhawks' best line of the night was without a doubt their fourth line. Highmore, Camp, Carpenter, they worked hard on both sides of the puck, and they were really the only forward group to, to cycle the puck a bit in the offensive zone and win some battles. So kudos to those three picking up right where they left off from last year in the playoffs. They even got the start on Wednesday. That's how much Jeremy Colleton trusts them. So I expect to see those guys continue to skate together here uh, early on in the season. And now moving on to defense, I thought Keith, Keith and Murphy, they really did not play well together in this contest. They just never seemed comfortable out there. And again, not sure if that's Colleton's system, the rust, or, or whatever it may be, but regardless... Keith was really bad. He had two bad penalties, one a delay a game, one uh, a frustration slash, and he also had a couple of breakdowns in the defensive zone that led straight to goals. 
Um, so that pairing needs to be better for the Blackhawks in order for them to have success. And then the Dahan and Mitchell pairing, I thought they were okay. Mitchell definitely, <laughs> he had a couple of welcome to the NHL moments. He got absolutely walked by Alex Kalorn at the blue line, I remember, in a couple of, you know, a couple of turnovers, which isn't unusual for a kid making his NHL debut. But one thing that stood out to me for sure was Mitchell's speed. I'm not sure if, you know, he knows how to use it yet in transition to jump into the play, but he has a noticeable burst, which you always love to see from the back end, especially in today's NHL that's just getting faster and faster. So I thought I thought Mitchell was okay. As for his partner, Dahan, uh, he was just all right as well. He took, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago, that bad penalty early on that kind of opened the floodgates for Tampa Bay. He also had a pair of bad turnovers that led to Subban having to bail him out and, and make some big stops. I just think Dahan needs to be a bit better of a decision maker and a leader on the ice, you know, when he's skating with the Blackhawks' top prospect next to him. Then, Big Z, Nikita Zadorov, and Adam Boquist, I thought they were just mad as well. Big Z, obviously, such a big presence out there on the ice. I mean, the guy's huge. He's six foot six, just noticeably bigger than everyone else out there. Um, but overall, you know, I thought I thought I liked his I, I liked his game for the most part. Um, I think he had a couple of adjustment issues in the system. He was out of place a little bit at times, but overall, I thought he was all right. As for his partner, though, Boquist. He did not fare very well here in his first game of the season, which is definitely a bit concerning because this is a big year for Boquist in his development. His real first foolish season in the NHL, even though it's only 56 games, he's got a season under his belt, some playoff games, a couple of training camps now. Um, and unless he really struggles, then he should be a full-time NHLer this year. But he didn't do himself any favors in the defensive zone last night. He just still... Doesn't look like a superb enough defender at the NHL level. And, and the issues that were there last year, they, they're still prevalent. So he's still got a lot to prove, especially on the defensive side, in his own zone. Last but not least, goaltender Malcolm Subban. He got off to a, a real rough start in the first period there. But throughout the final 40 minutes, I thought he settled in a little bit and started making some really big stops and, and some nice plays, including a sick paddle save on Blake Coleman. I know the stats won't show it, but I thought Subban played okay in the face of adversity here. He managed to stop the bleeding after the first and uh, went on to have a decent start in that. So I applaud Subban for battling in there, but all in all, he still you know, didn't look very, very comfortable in his first start of the season. The rebound control was shaky. He kicked one into his own net. He had a bad a bad pass behind his own net, which led to Duncan Keith taking a delay a game. So it, it wasn't all very pretty, but I do think that he did enough to earn, you know, more starts in the future. This goaltending battle is still very wide open. I expect Delia to get the start on Friday, but I don't think Subban hurt his chances in this game as much as some may think. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, January 14th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. 
The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.